0: Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, ROLMT.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Good evening, River of Life. That's better. Uh, Hey, I just am so excited about what God is doing and continuing to do, amen? Uh, this last week, we got word from um, Malawi that uh, was interesting because Ida. Those of you who were here a few weeks ago, you know that we had the opportunity to have Ted and Ida in the house, and they are just phenomenal, phenomenal people. Uh, but Ida wrote, and she actually wrote to my wife, and she said, "Hey, I got a, I got a little issue here, and we're trying to figure out how to handle this. So, could you give us a little advice?" And so the, the problem that they're having right now is they meet on Wednesdays in the afternoons, and they had 400 kids come to kids' church. And so she was literally like, uh, like, "I don't know if we uh, do two shifts of this, or if we lock the gate after 200 come in." I mean, you know, that's a pretty good problem to have) And so we just need to continue to pray for them. They are looking for land right now that we can build a building on uh, because they're in desperate need of more space. And so uh, let's just continue to, to lift them up in prayer and believe that God's gonna do something miraculous there. Amen? Yes. Amen. It's really just cool to see how God works. Uh, in Wyoming, they're doing two gatherings now and uh, both on Sunday morning and they're, and they're just killing it. They're needing a new piece of property. So we need to pray for that. We are watching as more and more people that are uh, incarcerated are watching, and including now, I just got word that there's a juvenile detention center in Idaho that watches live on Saturday nights, and so uh, we just need to be continuing to pray that as we are faithful that God will continue to expand our territory, amen? Amen. Amen. Not to make River famous, but to make Jesus famous, amen? So... um, well, I'm excited that you're here as we conclude this series that we've been in for the last few weeks. We are we are talking about armoring up, and so we are looking in Ephesians chapter 6, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we look at your word, I pray, God, that you'll show us what we need to see. Father, I'm so grateful because you've given us a recipe for victory. God, you haven't just said that you might be able to have victory, but God, you've told us we can have it. So Lord, I pray that today, as we study this scripture again, that God, you'll illuminate it, that you'll show us something new. I thank you for those who are watching in all the different places throughout this world. And God, I just pray that I will get out of the way and that, Lord, you will be front and center. And God, what we need to hear, we'll hear that you will push us forward in our faith journey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So you've been with us over the last few weeks and you may be thinking to yourself, we've gone through all of the pieces of armor. So now what's he going to talk about? Well, let me give you a little recap. First of all, we talked about the belt of truth. I of mean, you know, truth is super important if we're going to win. We need to understand that there is truth and that we as the church are to stand on the truth. We're not to give in. We're not to secede any ground to the enemy. We're to stand on what we know to be true and what we know to be right. Breastplate of righteousness was the next one. And we talked about that the church is called to be righteous. We have, we, have, we have kind of given this area up a little bit in that we think, well, if we're not righteous, if we're not acting like we've got it all together, then we'll attract more people to us. I'm not talking about being self-righteous because that will detract people. I'm talking about true righteousness that comes through putting our trust and our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ. And then we talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace. We went back to talking about the simple gospel and after that, we talked about the helmet of salvation. And then we spent some time on the shield of faith. And to me, this is one of the most important parts of our armor because this is, we are in a time, as we look at that scripture, it says that it can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. It doesn't say some. It doesn't say it can maybe help you to not get hit as much. It says it can extinguish all the fiery darts And for many of us, we've gotten to a place where we feel like that's not actually possible. So we keep giving up ground and giving up ground and giving up ground because we're not growing the shield of faith. And we walk through how we grow it and what we do to make that larger so that we're even more protected. And then last week, we spent some time talking about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And as we looked at that, we realized that all of this armor is great, and the sword not only is defensive, but it's offensive, and it is meant so that we can move forward. And I love what Jason was just talking about right now, because the, the reality is, is for many of us, we have just come to a place where we're just, we're just hoping we can at least hold the ground that we currently have. And God is not calling his church to sit, he's calling us to go. He's not calling us to be fine with where we're at. He's calling us to push forward. So for some of you now, you go, okay, you just went through all the armor, so we should be done with the series. But I want to take some time because I want to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. This is one of those topics that many Christians find to be challenging. And some of you struggle to even think about it, but choosing to ignore that the devil exists and that his sole aim is to ruin us, we set ourselves up to fall victim to his schemes because he especially likes to use lies to make us doubt the promises that God has for us. And so there's a lot of things that take place in our lives where the enemy is pressing in and he is doing what he can to overwhelm, to distract, all of those things. Now, I am not somebody who runs around and every time something bad happens in my life, I'm not the guy that's yelling that the devil did it, okay? It's not who I am. I don't believe that to be true. First of all, when we talk about the devil, what you need to understand, the devil is a created being. He cannot be in all places at all times. He is in one place at one time. And so if you say, oh, my car broke down, the devil must've done it. I think he's got bigger fish to fry than breaking your car down, right? Now there are demons and there are things that can take place in spiritual realms. So we do need to wrap our mind around that. But sometimes bad things just happen, but we also can't be in a place where we ignore it and pretend that there isn't spiritual warfare that's happening around us. Hosea chapter four, verse six says, my people are destroyed from their lack of knowledge. So a lot of times we can end up destroying ourselves or letting our lives be destroyed because we actually choose to ignore something. So the first thing we need to do is we need to realize that there is a war and you are in it. Denial isn't a legitimate tactic, okay? So pretending the war isn't happening doesn't actually make it better for you. We are at war, Paul tells us we're at war. Throughout these last few weeks, we've spent time looking at that and understanding that Paul is very clear. You need these things because you're at war. You need to armor up because the battle is already raging. It isn't a a choice. You don't get to go, well, I don't really feel like being in the war. You're in the war. Whether you're a believer, you're not a believer, you're in the war. There is a spiritual battle that is happening all around us And if we try and tune ourselves out to it, we are in a lot more dangerous position than we are if we pay attention. Like it or not, all of us are caught up in the spiritual war that is taking place between good and evil. If you don't engage in the war, you'll still be affected by it. And you'll be a lot more vulnerable. So we need to be active and not passive. We need to engage in spiritual warfare with the confidence that God's power is working through us and it is greater than the power that's working against us. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says this, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. So this scripture is super clear that says, listen, we're not fighting a physical war. We're fighting a spiritual war. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people. The problem is, and we've talked about that in here before, is oftentimes we find ourselves in the middle of a struggle. And maybe you sit here today and you find yourself in the middle of, of something that's super hard for you to wrap your mind around. And, you're, and even as Jason's talking about, you know, his, his landlord and raising the rent and all of those things, which is super hard, but his landlord is not his enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and you may be sitting here and you're at odds with your spouse and your spouse is not your enemy. You may be sitting here and your coworker worker has, has caused you all kinds of grief and you get to a place where if you were honest, you'd say, I hate that person. But can I tell you, the scripture says, our enemy isn't flesh and blood, it's in the spiritual realm. So the enemy will use people oftentimes to try and bring destruction to us. But if we keep our head on straight and we begin to understand this scripture and understand what spiritual warfare actually is, then we can actually pray against the root of what's going on instead of the weed that's popped up in our life. The devil uses our mental space as his battlefield to wage war against us. One of his favorite tactics is to tell us lies and to speak them so convincingly that we hold on to them as though they are truth. And one of Satan's strategies is to present us with a worst case scenario of our future in order to arouse fear in us. He can take advantage of our vulnerabilities and our circumstance and even use people to make us worry and install hopelessness and rob us of joy. So, so the enemy will get inside your mind and he'll begin to make, instill things that will make you fearful of things that haven't even happened. But you'll become so afraid that they might happen that you begin, to, you begin to use that to steer your direction. Whereas if all of a sudden we'll grasp and we'll understand that the battle that we're in is spiritual and not physical then we can begin to pray against those thought processes. We can take those thoughts captive and we can begin to say, listen, enemy, I know that that's not true. I know that what you're speaking to me is to try and get me distracted from what God wants to do inside of my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 says, we demolish arguments against every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if, if God speaks to us through his word and speaks victory over you, that when all of a sudden you begin to feel as though victory isn't for you, then you begin to realize that is a lie because it goes against his word. If, if what, is, what is starting to penetrate into your mind goes against the promise that he has in his word, you need to call that thing out as a lie. Yes. Yes. And you need to begin to take that thought captive. There's something amazing when we actually start to practice this. Because for many of us, what we need to realize is that we've allowed some thought processes inside of our lives to take root so much so that we've believed them to be true and so now when they come in, it, it, it acts as though that's truth to us and we don't do anything with it. Whereas if we begin to understand that God has called us to victory, then we can begin to say, hey, wait a second, that thing that I've been thinking actually doesn't align with who he says that I am. So I'm going to take that thing captive. Now guess what will happen? Tomorrow that thought will come back. Yeah, will. And so what do you got to do again? You take it captive again yeah. and you speak to it. You say, that's a lie. I'm not going to believe it. You're distracting me. You're trying to destroy something. Yeah. Many people in, the, in this room, you probably could look back and find, find uh, opportunities that were destroyed, relationships that were destroyed, things inside of your life that fell apart because you were believing a lie that was not true. We need to be, according to First Peter uh, chapter 5, it says, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around roar, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Can I tell you, I was, I've read that verse a billion times. I, I, I love that verse. It's a good verse for us to be reminded of. But I was thinking about something this week. I was thinking, if you were to watch the Discovery Channel and watch a show about lions, the thing that you understand is that the male lion will sit and he protects his pride. And the pride does the hunting. The females do the hunting. The male sits back and watches, but the pride actually hunts and devours. See, a lot of us, we've gotten to a place where our pride is actually devouring us. Our pride is destroying us. The next thing we need to do is we need to know who we are following. Jesus chose you. Jesus saved you. Jesus gives you an eternal inheritance. But the thing is, is for many of us, we like Jesus, we think he's pretty cool. We like to come and sing songs about him on the weekend. But the rest of our week, Jesus really isn't that involved. On the weekend, we chase Jesus. On the weekdays, we chase money, relationships, hobbies, all the things, right? We chase all those things. And that goes back to the shield of faith because for many of you, your shield is shrinking because you're not actually putting any time into it. You're not actually invested in it. You're not actually seeking it. You don't, you don't do anything to grow it. And as we look at this, what we need to understand, I, I love, I used to have a thing on my, on my wall when I was youth pastoring and it said, if you chase two rabbits, you'll c- catch neither. And for many of us, we're chasing what the world has and we're, say, and we're trying to chase what God has. And can I tell you, you'll catch neither. You've got to make a decision. You've got to go, I'm, I'm chasing after who God says that I am. I'm going out, he's the one that I'm following. Jesus wants you to choose his side in this spiritual war and to remember that the power he gives you is more powerful than any evil in this world. The next thing that we need to know is we need to know our enemy. If, if you were to, if you were to go into, into the, the training camp or the, or the headquarters for any NFL team on Monday or Tuesday, when they get together to practice, one of the first things that they'll probably do is spend some time watching film and they'll watch the film of what they did from the week before, but they'll also watch the film for the team that they're about to play. Why do they watch the film of the team they're about to play? Because they want to see where their strengths and their weaknesses are. They want to pay attention so that they know, hey, they seem to be a little weak on the left side, so we can maybe do something with that. And they begin to make notes, and they begin to figure out what they're going to do on the upcoming battle that they're about to go into. For many of us, because when we hear about spiritual warfare, again, it's kind of like when people talk about the Holy Spirit, some of you get a little bit queasy when it comes to that. And you begin to go, oh, I don't know. I don't want to be overly spiritual, right? Oh, they're talking about spiritual warfare. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sit here. But you not knowing actually is dangerous for you. You closing your ears and saying, well, I don't really want to talk about that doesn't change the fact that there is an enemy who's seeking to destroy you. There is an enemy who's prowling around waiting to devour you. And so we need to know who the enemy is. Your enemy is Satan, the highest ranked of all the fallen angels who rebelled against God. Satan is your adversary. He's your accuser. He's your tempter. He's the deceiver. He works by trying to convince you to doubt God's truth and to believe his lies. That's why we spend so much time here. Some of you don't like it that we spend as much time as we do talking about cultural things that are happening in our world right now. But the reason that we do is I want you to know your enemy. Yes. I need you to know what he's doing because he's up to no good. And he disguises, he disguises himself in light. He disguises himself in a way that seems harmless. But it isn't. And, la- and even last weekend, I threw out just a sentence in the middle of the thing about TikTok. And then this week, all of a sudden, people begin to send me stuff. And it was amazing to me as I read some of the articles that came my way about how, how that, that app has an algorithm in it that is actually trying to destroy the young people of this country. And you may go, oh, that's conspiracy theory. Well, I read enough this week that I don't actually think it is conspiracy theory. That you, your, your, your young person begins to look at one thing and they lead you a little darker and a little darker and a little darker and a little darker. And, little darker. and they did, one of the things that I read were, were they, they pretended they were, I think, 12-year-old girls and they began to look at TikTok. And as they did, it got a little worse and a little worse and a little worse until it was full-on horrible sexual things. See, you gotta know your enemy. We can't bury our heads in the sand anymore because he's real and he's coming after us. He's coming after your kids. If you open doors for the enemy to attack you, whenever you you do open doors for the enemy to attack you, whenever you deliberately disobey God and choose to sin... So it's vital to run away from temptation and sin and to pray against Satan's plans in your life, in your family's life, in your friend's life. Yes. See, when we're talking spiritual warfare, our weapon is prayer. Yeah, that's it. And for many of us, if we're honest today, we spend about this much time in prayer. We spend about this much time worrying and even more than that, maybe in fear. But he's given us the weapon. He said, listen, I've given you the weapon. You can, you can win. I've already won the, the victory. So you got to stand on the victory that I, that I have. So inside of that, we need to learn to pray. You need to spend, as, like as parents, pray for your children. Not just occasionally, not just, you know, here's a sentence that I'm lifting up my child in prayer. But you need to be fervently on your knees in prayer for your children. Because you are sending them to the front lines of the battle every day. Amen. You also need to know your role. Mm. Jesus has given you the authority to pray in his name. And to know that he will answer your prayers according to God's will yes. and at the right time. Yeah. So hear that part because it's according to God's will. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. We've, we've talked about this at nauseum. When we pray, we need to align ourselves with who he is. And then we're praying for things that, that align with what his will is. And then we also got to know that he has timing for things, right? So he, he will do what he needs to do, but oftentimes it's not in our timing. And Be confident that you can pray to usher God's power into any situation, the, in, the enemy will use anything and anyone to steal, kill, and destroy you. The enemy will even use people that are closest to you. But God has given you an armor to defend yourself. We, as children of God, cannot go into war alone. We need, just as we need an army uh, to be on the front lines, we also need to make sure that God. Is, is with us and that we are taking the tools that he's given us into the battle. Yes. So God is our strength, he's our shield, he's our protection. Psalm 28 verse seven says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise him. Sometimes it's hard to truly comprehend the threat that we're in. When I was doing videos, we used to do videos for uh, uh, an organization, a national organization that would go and do school assemblies. And, uh, and so we were making some videos at one point and we had pitched them an idea and we never did get the opportunity to do. It It wasn't for, it wasn't for public school assemblies, but it was for like youth groups after the fact. And, and one of the ideas was that it would be amazing to, to do a thing where you had somebody walking through the streets and all of a sudden they put on some glasses and they could see into the spiritual realm. They could see what people are actually thinking or feeling. They could see what the enemy was doing and how he was bringing destruction to particular people and then to be able to step into that story and, and, and help it. There are spiritual battles that are going on around us constantly. Okay. There are things that are taking place. And even, even some of the people that we struggle the most with, we need to understand that maybe what's actually happening inside of their lives is the enemy is pushing and bringing destruction. And so if we begin to understand that the way that we're going to win the battle isn't about arguing with them or demeaning them, but it's about praying for them and praying for freedom for them and praying that God will release in their lives and that they will find hope and strength through their Savior. Your prayers can help prevent bad things from happening to people. And they can usher in good things into people's lives. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting and his guidance. When we begin to understand that this is happening, then what can happen is we can begin to change our mindset and we, be- we can begin to understand that the Holy Spirit is always willing and ready to speak into your life. He's always ready and willing to use you to impact the world, to impact somebody else's life. But for many of us, we have this fear of, I don't want to over-spiritualize anything. I don't, want, I don't want to be looked at as a freak. I don't want people to think I'm weird. I don't want any of that stuff. And I totally understand that. But what if the church began to actually be the church? What if we began to say, God, I'm gonna trust you and, and as I go throughout my day and that coworker that I'm having a real struggle with, that one that, that every time I see her, she just drives me insane. God, will you just speak to me and show me, reveal just a piece of what's going on in her life. And as you do that, I'm gonna be bold and I'm gonna speak into her story. And I'm gonna watch as all of a sudden now, this lie that the enemy has been pouring into her, now all of a sudden the truth of God begins to overpower that lie. Which brings me to the last part of this is that we need to stand in victory. The Strong's Greek concordance, it states the phrase full armor, means panoplia in Greek, which specifically means that you have the complete armor of defense and offense. And according to HELP's word study, it says that God has given, up, given us these weapons to have victory over the enemy. In other words, the fight, we fight from his victory rather than trying to achieve victory. Yes. So in other words, we already come from a place where we already won. Mm-hmm. But so many of us in our lives feel like, oh, if only we could. Uh, man, I hope that we can right? But that's not actually the truth. God's already won. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. My, my youngest son, going back to 2011, the Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl, which was a long time ago now. <laughs> it's the last time that they won it and it doesn't look hopeful for this year at all. Um, but my, my youngest son, we, we, uh, we bought the game on iTunes so you can watch it. And he would watch it over and over and over and over again, just living in the past. Right? You know what I'm talking about, right, Seth? And, um, he, baby. <laughs> so he'd watch it over and over. But the thing is, he already know who, he already knew who won. Right? So like when it got a little a little, there's some trouble. There's some some bad plays in there. He he was fine. Why? Because he already knew. Well, I already know we won. Mm-hmm. Right. For many of us, what we need to understand, we already won, right? So when you live your life hanging your head down as if you don't know what the outcome is, you need to get in the book and be reminded what the outcome is. You need to get in here and understand that he's already told you that you won. First John chapter five, verse four says this, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we often forget that Jesus Christ has already given us the victory over our enemy. The fact is that the enemy and our own desires are have us believe that we have to fight for the victory. But as, as I just read to you just a moment ago, when it's talking about victory, it's talking about drawing from his victory that he's already won. Yes. Not a victory that you may achieve. It's a victory that's already been, it's already taken place. Think about this for a moment. It's hard for us to wrap our puny minds around this, but we need to understand that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that God is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is in all of time, all at the same time, right? So when he says we won the victory, he's already been there. He's he's there now, right? He's in all places at all times, So for us, what we need to understand, it's as though you sat down with my son and he loaded up the Apple TV with the the 2011 Packers Super Bowl and you had no idea what the outcome was and you're watching it with him for the very first time, you have no idea and he says, no, 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 we won. We won, we got this. And you're like, well, how do you know? We're we're, we're right in the middle of the game. We don't know if you won or not. No, no, I've been to the end. I've already seen it, we won right? So then you'd go, okay, well, I believe you. You said you watched it all the way to the end. So I believe that we did win, right? God's already at the end. That's right. He already knows that he won. So now if all of a sudden we begin to believe that and we begin to walk that out, then all of a sudden when we pray, we can pray with a confidence knowing that God won, yeah. that we win. Yeah. There are so many things that come against us that we allow to be bigger in our story than they ever should be. So when we talk about spiritual warfare, my hope for you is that you will come to a place and an understanding where you will begin to say, God, I am trusting you with all of this and I'm going to do my part, which you've asked me to pray. You've asked me to be in your word. Why are we in the word? Why is that the sword? Because as we look at the sword, the more we're in the word, the more we know the word, the more we understand the victory and we understand that the victory's already been won. So that gives us the strength to move forward even when what's in front of us doesn't look the way we think it should. I believe with all my heart that there are many of you that sit in this room today that you have come into this place and you're feeling defeated today. You're feeling as though God has forgotten about you, you're feeling as though you're, 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 your problems are too big, that they're not getting any better, that you're not understanding why God isn't doing what you're asking him to do when you ask him to do it, and, and, and maybe you even to a place where you're debating whether you're gonna even continue to come to church or, or, or continue your faith journey. And what I need you to hear from me today is the victory is yours. We sang it, Pastor Seth did not know what I was preaching today. The worship team didn't know the the order of things, the way things were gonna go. So as we sat up in that room and I began to listen to him say, oh, the victory is yours. We're singing that and we're singing this and and it's all about winning. I was like, of course it's all about winning because there are many of you that need to hear that this weekend. You need to understand that God sees you. Some of you feel unseen today. He sees you. He cares about you. And he has got you. He has not, he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. I'm gonna have the worship team come and they're gonna get ready to lead us in some more worship. I really was drawn to Psalm 91 this week and I wanna, I'm wanna. i gonna ask you to do me a favor and then in the next few moments, I'm gonna ask you just to close your eyes with me and I wanna read this Psalm over you. And then we're going to close with just a time where if you if there's something going on in your world that you're just like, God, I really need you here. Then there's going to be an opportunity for you to come and there'll be prayer teams down here if you need specific prayer. Otherwise, for some of you if your parents are in the room, would you just do me a favor and take this time and just say, God, I'm going to I'm going to dive in for the next little bit and I'm going to pray for my children. I'm gonna believe for them and I'm I'm gonna ask God that you will show me areas of their life where the enemy is lying, where he's stealing from them, where he's trying to destroy them. And you're gonna pray protection over them. Psalm 91 says, "'Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High "'will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. "'I will say of the Lord, "'He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust.'" Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wing you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With the long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So that's Jesus's victory, which means it's your victory. He has victory for you. So tonight I'm gonna just pray over you And then we're going to open it up. And if you would just spend a little bit of time saying, God, I, help me to open my eyes, to understand that there is a battle that's raging around me. I didn't preach this message to freak you out or to make you fearful. I preach this message to give you strength. Because the battle's there, whether you acknowledge it or not. It's time for us to acknowledge it and it's time for us to win. Heavenly Father, God, right now, I just praise you because you've given us what we need. You've given us the full armor. You've told us how to wear it. You've told us what to do. And God, I know that there is an enemy who seeks to devour us. There is an enemy who seeks to destroy us. But God, I'm so grateful because Lord, you've already won. So Father, help your church to wake up to victory. Help your church to open our eyes to see things the way that you see them. God, I pray against fear in the house. I pray against those who are giving in to defeat when you have not told them to give in to defeat. God, I pray over parents right now that you give them wisdom and strength, that they would open their eyes to ways that the enemy is doing whatever he can to try and bring destruction to their children. Help them to stand in your strength. God, we praise you. We honor you. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand? The altars are open if you want to pray. Hey, thanks for listening.